Hey, everybody. This is Britton. Uh, this is our monthly music catch-up, uh, which would usually be a Patreon-exclusive episode, but, uh, you know, we talk about public artists, and we like to make them be able to hear what we're talking about them. So, um, you know, we decide to kind of just make it a public episode. But if you would like to get more content like this, more bonus episodes, stuff where we don't really talk about Buckethead, where we actually talk about stuff in the real world outside of the Bucket universe, although we love Buckethead and love to talk about Buckethead, we like to talk about other stuff. And if you'd like to listen to that other stuff, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash a bucket cast. And uh, for as little as 50 cents a week, that's just $2 a month. You can go ahead and listen to, like, we put up, like, between five and eight hours of bonus content every month. That's a ton of stuff. That's so much stuff. You can just watch us all day and listen to us all day. And Oh, God, that sounds awful, actually. For me. But for you, that sounds great. So... Go check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash guest. Here's the show. Enjoy, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since January 1st, 2022, we've been listening to new albums that have come out. In 2022. And we're going to listen to them. This is Getting, Getting New Music, music A Marshcast. We got a good like three seconds <laughs> that was delay on that. That gnarly. was interesting. Yeah, wow. wow. Yikes, Zoom. Great, great work there. Yeah. Um, hey, Spencer. Hey. Happy, happy end of March, I guess. I mean, it's the 24th. Uh, I mean, the, the Ides of March, that's a thing. I don't know what those are exactly. Beware but they the Ides of March. March. It was uh, it was, a, yeah. it was a cesarean thing. Not like the cesarean. Well, I guess. Is, like this, a, the, is this related to the Troubles? Is that is that a thing? Troubles? The Troubles, you know, when the, when the Irish and the other Irish were fighting or something? No, no. It has nothing to do with like the IRA and shit like that. Okay. No, this is Roman. This is cesarean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. So like little cesarean, you know, where they're uh, hot and ready. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the the pizza pizza of world events, if you will. That's what the Ides of March are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's when right. they added the second pizza. Before that, we only had pizza. <laughs> and then the, the Ides of March. Happened, and now we have pizza pizza. P- yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, precisely. I love that. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're really cracking into it. History, I mean. Yeah. I love that. But speaking of history, March has happened. March of 2022 has basically happened. Basically, we've gotten through most of it. Most Something of it. else might happen. Who cares? Who cares, Who cares it's anymore? It's been, a, it's been a time. It's time, been a... Timeless garbage. And I mean, basically, we're just reviewing stuff since like the last time we did one of these casts, which was... That's true. The middle end-ish of, of fe- February. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, here about we are, that. middle end-ish of March. We'll talk about some albums. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's yeah. uh let's do it. I would say let's get the heck started. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's All uh, right. jump into the first album. We're, we're going to start with one of my picks. So mm-hmm. it, it, I guess we should explain how this works. Yeah. Britt and I each picked three albums that we think the other person should listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, we both then listened to all six albums. And then for our bonus album this week, we're going to alternate back and forth, I think. I mm-hmm. picked it this week. And we, and we pick something that neither of us really want to listen to, but we think is kind of culturally important or is at least tangentially important to the us. Buckethead universe yes. and us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is why I picked this, uh, we, I was going to say this week's, but I was going to, that's why I picked this week's album. Yeah. Um, uh, I said week again. I know. I was what like, you fuck? were going to say week because you ended up saying it after all. This is what happens. You're, you're right. You, you were going to say it. Damn. I, I am like. <laughs> on some other level today, I don't know what on it's, earth is happening in my it's brain. It's all good. Let's let's just uh, let's dive kick, let's, dive let's right in. Kick it off. Okay, oh. so my first album pick and the one that we're going to talk about first is "Time Wave Zero by Blood Incantation, uh, released on February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, this is an ambient album by a death metal band. Yeah, who has decided to no longer be a death metal band at all. Uh, they have have uh, said publicly that this album should indicate the direction that they want to take as a band, mm. which is interesting. 
Yeah, I haven't heard any of that sort of stuff. I thought they were doing this as like a one-off kind of thing. Not not from what I saw. So okay. uh, it was right. produced by Blood Incantation and a guy named Pete DeBoer. And this is his first producing credit on an album. Is he in the band? He's not. Okay. He's not one of the, I think the band only has four members. of the four piece. Okay. And he's not one of them. No. All right. Yeah, so like this album, I, I picked it because I thought it was, would be fun to talk about because yeah. it's a ambient album by a death metal band. Right. And, uh, and perhaps maybe we should briefly go back to the album before this to really kind of set up like what kind of death metal band made this album. Yeah. Because it wasn't a band that really had elements of ambient stuff in it before. Not like, really. There's a, there's one synth part on a uh, star spawn. Yeah. From their uh, last album. Well, no, that's, that's actually, one of the, this is the album that came out before hidden history of the human okay. race. Yeah, um, there's like one synth part on that album right. that and I then, remember. And then there's like some, not ambient parts, but like post-rock or like psychedelic-ish parts to their last album, uh, The Hidden History of the Human Race. Mm-hmm. And that was like a very, very well-received album in the metal community. It Probably, was. In, it was. It was on like most uh, top uh, or like end of the year list in 2019. For not just metal publications, but a lot of regular publications put it on there too. It was. Yeah, it became like a breakthrough hit because it like really became a hit in the in the not metal world as well right and made that band like really weirdly popular which didn't really make any sense because yeah it's not a particularly accessible album like i don't know it's 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 good it's a it it sounds like i don't know it sounds kind of like morbid angel to me but like it's 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 morbid angel but like with updated influences and they're definitely all better musicians than morbid angel yeah yeah well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I okay, so I liked this band a bunch for their first two albums. I'm not trying to be a hipster here, but I did really like the first two. Mm-hmm. I forget the, even the name of the first one. That should show you how committed I am to this. But yeah. Star Spawn in particular was the band was or was the album that introduced me to this band. And I really liked that record a lot. Mm-hmm. I listened to it a bunch, and then the one before it, where it's like the album cover is really cool. It's like a planet, and then there's rings around it of bones. Right, and it's I, a very cool album. Cover. I haven't listened much to them, but from what I remember, they kind of sound almost like classic death. In a way, uh, nah, like, it's kind of not, old school death metal. Not really. It, it's rooted. a it's a little more like um, noisy, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like death's first two albums. Like, eh, really it doesn't really remind me. Of, doesn't really remind me of death though, in particular. But it's it's just kind of like very uh, just very noisy, kind of mm. chaotic production. But uh, wall of sound kind of stuff. Anyways, I really like those first two. I didn't particularly like Hidden History of the Human Race, but I know a lot of people like it. And that, that's that, chill. That's that was. The only thing I had really heard a lot of them before, and mm-hmm. I like that album a good yeah. bit. It was, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those albums that's definitely overrated, but it's still a good album. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was it was yeah. like a um fucking uh, sunbather by uh, oh yeah. yeah no that's exactly the point I was yeah. gonna make I was gonna say these guys are the death metal uh uh death heaven for yeah, sure death heaven yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah, which is like they they made a kind of like a metal album that was already being done a lot before. But for some reason, it just hit at the right place in the right time. And, and then kind of became a meme because it blew up so much. It like is this definitely one, a meme. This one yeah. became a lot of a meme, but there's so many Sunbather memes. I mean, because yeah, yeah, sure. and for good reason. I mean, it's like a weird breakthrough metal thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not talking any kind of trash about that. That's cool. It's good fine. for those bands, you know, whatever. At, at the same time, it also makes me feel bad for the bands who I like better who had been doing the same thing before. Yeah, like, totally. Like Kralis, Ash Bore, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, for, for um, uh, uh, sorry, for Blood Incantation, like, I mean, mm-hmm. a ton of death metal bands. Like, yeah. there's a lot of albums that sound like Hidden History of the Human Race. There are. I mean, and it's it's a perfectly fine album. Yeah, I, it's, it's good. Like, I, yeah, oh. but, uh, you know, it's just interesting for, in, in like, in a cultural context, yeah. it's an interesting work that uh, achieved a lot of success. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah. So Anyways, Time Wave Zero. They follow it up with this, and mm-hmm. this is an ambient album, and it sounds like they watched a bunch of John Carpenter flicks and then were like, hey, let's make cool synth music, and they did. And it's an ambient album. There's no percussion on it. There's a lot of, like, yeah. uh, really nice-sounding synths. Yeah. Uh, I actually, like, enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty yeah, rad. It's, it's, it's not, like, groundbreaking in any way, though. No. Like, it, it's purely novel Simply because it's a death metal band that made it, but right. it's uh, I it, mean, it's it's an ambient synth album. I mean, it reminded me a bit of Steve Moore, who we've talked about before. I, I, uh, yeah, Steve Moore or Steve Roach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, uh, also reminded me, uh, a good bit of like Vangelis's like soundtrack work. Sure. Yeah. There was some stuff in there that was definitely very kind of like Blade Runner-y. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and its approach. Um, yeah, like what, one of the things I kept thinking while I was listening to it is like this is uh, the soundtrack for a computer-only RPG from the late 90s. Like this yeah, is it, yeah. this is this is like that kind of right. stuff. It's a, it's a dungeon synth album, I meaning to be honest. Mm, like this is No, it's not a dungeon. It's it's so pre-dungeon synth. If you if you if you this released is, this as a dungeon synth album though, I think it would be right. embraced by that community. At the same time, it is far more like uh Berlin school type space and stuff from the oh 80s. totally that's yeah. like what it actually is and like all of the synth they're, synths they're using actually fit in with like tangerine dream oh this definitely. is yeah. this is you know what this is this is a very below average tangerine dream album a hundred percent that's exactly yeah. what this is yeah like the way they approach synth uh in making music especially as a group like it's kind of a much less complex tangerine dream. So can we, okay, yeah. we need to talk about something here. And yeah. I think this is the most important thing about this album. How do we feel about artists who decide to write a work in a completely foreign genre to themselves and gain notoriety purely because of the fact that they are a band from a different genre, making an album of a different genre. So how it, do we feel about that? Cause other bands have done this. It, I mean, this so, is, so you know what? It depends. Yeah. I don't think I don't I honestly don't really respect this move from Blood Incantation because I think this is their worst album so far. Okay. Whereas a band like Over, mm. they keep somehow getting better even though they keep switching genres. That's true. Which which That's I true. respect immensely. So yeah, it's really, really honestly, it comes down to the presentation, the delivery, how believable it is to me, because Honestly, like if this was a crazy cool synth album where I was like, wow, they're doing crazy stuff with synths. They're actually probably better with synths than they are with their other instruments. Then yeah. I would have been like, holy shit, this needs to be like paid attention to. However, yeah. they're not as good on yeah. synths as they are at their other instruments. I would agree. I mean, and like I can hear that perspective, but I could but I can also hear the perspective of like, hey, this is fun. Like it's yeah. purely from like a just like a music perspective. Like it's a fun at, thing, and it's fine that they did at, this. At like I'm not time, offended by it. For, you know, for, from what I've read, uh, they want to take this, um, you know, this approach as musicians now. And in as much like the last concert they played, they didn't play any of their old material. They really? Which in in if they tour and just don't play any of their old material, like that's going to be divisive, and rightfully so. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, because it's like, you know, people, you know, they built a fan base on one thing, and then they're like, by the way, we don't do that thing anymore. Yeah, that's uh, there's always fucking weird when bands right. do that. I mean, like, you could even criticize Over for doing that. You could. And a lot of people have. And they have. Uh, historically, however, historically, they've just gotten so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and, they won everybody over just by yeah, being exactly. so good. Exactly. You know? and, like, and eventually, yeah. you got to be like, you just got to give it to Over, really, yeah, honestly. Right. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, well, so... Yeah. Over blood incantation is not um, ultimately, not. Um, or at least it, not so it, not in, in not as, in so far as you know, much. In as right? much, yeah. This this feels like a soundtrack to something. It has yeah. two full movements to it, uh, IO and EA, and they're both okay. Uh, EA, the second half of EA is actually pretty good. Yeah, I like. I enjoyed all of this. I thought it was perfectly fine it's, as like an fine. ambient synth album. That, that's like, the thing. Yeah, it's fine, but like yeah. also. It took four people to make this. This definitely sounds like the work of one person. I'm exactly. Like if it was just a dude, like um, like Steve Moore. Like this doesn't impress me nearly as much as Steve Moore's last album. No, he's just one dude. Like, and and his synth layers. He's, good. he's, he's so he's, good with synths, and, and he's, he's been working he's a good with synths bassist, for so long. And he's yeah. just good at all those things, and like definitely, it's a different approach, and you can right. hear it in his music, mm -hmm. and like this. It felt a little simplistic. I mean, yeah. it was enjoyable and it was well enough put it together. Was... So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If this had been released as, say, the soundtrack to a video game, yes. and it had been I like I been Blood like, Incantation cool. scored yeah. this video game, yeah. I would be like, that's fucking yeah. tight. Or a movie, even. Yeah, or, or This would have been a good even. soundtrack yeah. to something. It However, yeah. Yeah, the fact that, that you just have to sit here with this music mm -hmm. didn't impress me much. <laughs> and honestly, this this is one of my bottom albums of the month and probably one of the bottom albums I've rated so far I give this a 5 out of 10 it's an average album average album it's totally average
I, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's definitely not great. It's good, I guess, but like, it's not really for me, and it belongs as something else in a standalone album. Um, also, one more thing, too, to note. Uh, I looked at a bunch of things on Discogs.com about this to mm-hmm. try to find notes and stuff. Apparently, they pressed one vinyl, which is like an orange vinyl of it, yeah, and it is supposedly one of the worst vinyl pressings of all time. Why is that? Apparently, all of them crack. Uh-oh. And, like, there were several people that said, like, thank fucking God this came with a CD because I can't play this vinyl. It's dog shit. Hmm. But, yeah, like, Bummer. all 1,000 of them they laid apparently were terrible, which sucks. Hate to see it. Well, hopefully Especially they, for an ambient album, you know? Yeah, hopefully they do right by those those people that bought that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Would, I would love to see that. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm I'm not going to go much higher on it. No. Because, like, I think we agree on a lot of points mm-hmm. here. Um, that I mean, being said, like, I did feel like I enjoyed listening to it. And so, purely because I enjoyed listening to it, I'm going to give it a three, uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a three Eschaton references out of five. That's fair. Um, because we see Eschaton references all the time in uh, metal bands. It's uh, funny that I, we, there's another band making a Time Wave Zero. I mean... Famously, Anal Nathrak uh, wrote an album about this, let's see, 15 years ago? Uh, um, so an, it's been done. <laughs> also an EDM album called Time Wave Zero from about uh, 10 years ago as well. Yeah. From yeah. I think Medusa or something like that. Yeah. So eh, just treading old ground here. But uh, it is relatively fun to listen to. So you oh. could say. It's, it's fun. Synth, synth, synths are cool, Brit. They are. They are. There's cooler synths, though. Yeah, I um, I wish I could use that as a transition, but we can't. We can't because there's no synths on the next album. They're not at all. Only acoustic instruments, and basically. and Rhodes piano. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple there's, things here. There's, and there, there's but, some Rhodes piano, but anyway. There, yeah. Speaking of which, our next album. Would you like to tell us about it, Britt? Yeah. So this is an album by Xander Schloss called "Songs About Songs." Or, uh, it's actually called "Song About Songs." Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I guess it is. Um. Uh, so it was released on March 4th, 2022 by Blind Owl Records. Now, uh, some backstory on this, something mm-hmm. interesting. I didn't know until I listened to this whole album all the way through and enjoyed it. This guy is the bassist for the Circle Jerks. What? Seminal punk band from oh. like the late 70s and 80s. That's interesting. The Circle Jerks. He's their bassist, right? Which is, I was like, what? Which oh. kind of, honestly explains a lot of his approach to music to me because it's very like kind of bass and piano driven and very sing-songy even though he's almost always just playing a guitar Hmm. which i find super interesting Um, yeah it was uh produced by a guy named uh gus seifert who uh uh, did the last michelle branch cd man i thought you were gonna say mashuga for a second i was gonna uh, get hype also, uh, Dr. Dog, a band called Bedouin, and uh, he was also the co-producer of Beck's Song Reader, which, uh, remember that for later. Okay. Beck's Song Reader, uh, producer of this, co-produced that. So, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that song. It's, it's, it's a song reader. It, it was the, the Beck album that he released with sheet music. I've never even heard anything about this. Oh, it's a super interesting concept. We'll talk about it later. Okay, sounds good. Uh, How did you find this? Uh... Honestly, I don't remember. I just find a lot of music in a lot of weird ways anymore. And I was just like cruising, looking for new albums. And I think this might have actually been on YouTube's new, YouTube Music's new music thing. Hmm. Um, and I heard like the lead single off of it, uh, which was Dear Friend Letter, which was pretty good. Uh, not totally indicative of the album, but pretty good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is some kind of like nice, rootsy kind of folk rock type of thing. Yeah. And uh, that that's what the album is. It's definitely yeah. rootsy folk rock. It's it's like a it's it reminded me a lot of like 70s pop kind of so 70s like folk pop though. Folk pop, folk pop yeah, like yeah, uh, totally. Jim Jim Croce, maybe like a Cat Stevens if you will. Sure, yeah. Um yeah, definitely that aesthetic so like, you know, it's like a full band, but it's like a full acoustic band. I, for this the most one part. I I had a lot of trepidation going into listening to it because I saw the label uh singer songwriter. Yeah, and I, I, and I was like Oh no! And I know, <laughs> I know, you don't like singer songwriter stuff, but I was like, you know what? This isn't. I think Spencer might be able to at least get partially on board because the songwriting's really good. It's a little bit more of like a Johnny Cash American recordings approach to singer songwriter stuff. You so, know? despite going into this being like, oh no, this is definitely not going to be my vibe. It ended up being more my vibe than I was expecting. Yeah, 
Uh, definitely. Like, I, I definitely didn't hate listening to it, and it wasn't really, it wasn't that long either. It's it's so about it, forty minutes. Oddly, most of the albums we listened to this week were yeah. about forty minutes. Which is nice. We yeah. love we love to see yeah. shorter I, albums. I, I fucking, yeah, like seventy minutes out. Uh, so, well, yeah, no, yeah. one of our albums was fifty minutes, and we'll talk about that yeah, one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I this wasn't bad. This was very inoffensive music. I would say inoffensive to good. Um, yeah, it no. would be the scale. For it, I, not all the songs hit for me, but um, the songs that did, I was like, these are all right. Like, I, I could see this really used to really good effect in like, uh, like film or or TV, yeah. like used over like a sequence in a film. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're well produced songs, and like the all the musicianship is very good, mm-hmm. and it's very well well mixed too. It sounds yeah. really nice. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I think where the album really shines the most is the lyrics are really wonderful. Uh, oh man, Z- Xander Schloss is not the best vocalist, but he is a fantastic lyricist. Uh, there are times when he's definitely held back by a limited vocal range and kind of just being like an old guy who never really sang his whole life. But like in that way, in the way he's held back, like sometimes he makes up for it with the songwriting in a way that you know, like a, a Johnny Cash or Warren Zevon. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see there, Warren Zevon. That's actually, a good. Yeah, there that's are a good some, comparison. Some, some very like yeah, yeah. definitely Warren Zevon type things. Here. Yeah, I, the way definitely. It's, it's super intimate. He's obviously like talking about a lot of stuff from his life, but kind of in mm-hmm. code words. It's a very Zevon, a very Zevon feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Even musically. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Say, yeah, because like, a lot of it's like either guitar, or piano based, which yeah. is what Zevon wrote on most. Um, I I was uh, things I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, was that like most of the songs had a band. Yeah. Um. There, there was only a couple of so, moments of just like yeah. acoustic guitar there, and singing. Yeah, there was one song, track six. Uh, I have loved the story of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of this lo-fi, just singer-songwriter guy with an acoustic guitar song. Mm-hmm. And for the first couple minutes, it's good, but like it's seven minutes long. And that was the only song on the album that I was like, "You have that was the only stage. You're welcome." That was the only song that on the album that oh. didn't hit for me as well. Yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't say that all the songs were like, I loved them, but I didn't hate them. And I, like, although I came away from this being like, I doubt I will listen to this again, but I definitely didn't uh, hate listening to it. it I, I would say that it is above average for this sort of stuff, at least in my book. Um, it, it, I found it pretty listenable. Yeah, I, I'm probably not going to listen to the whole album again, but there's definitely tracks on here that are just like wonderful to listen to. Um, yep. Especially tracks yeah. uh, one, seven and eight, My Dear Blue. The Road and Married to Sadness are all just like... Those are all pretty good songs. Bangers, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'd yeah. give this one a solid 7 out of 10. Like, good production, great songwriting, um, good musicianship. Uh, you know, it's... it's. Um, there, I feel like there's just maybe something missing, and maybe that's just like him being a singer-songwriter and just hiring a band around him. I feel like there's not a super cohesive element of like an incredibly tight band, which I think yeah. would definitely elevate it. Like I would, I would have loved to hear like the bass player playing out a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, and, for example, and like and maybe it, a little bit more flavor from right. those, maybe some percussion, yeah. and, you know, maybe more, you well, know, there's, there's, I don't know. There's a good bit of percussion. The there, album. there is, but yeah. I mean, maybe more, maybe you could yeah. go further in that direction. Yeah. And, and then like, also Xander Schloss, just being kind of a limited vocalist brings it down just a little bit. But despite all that, I'd give it a solid seven out of 10. Really good album. I would agree. Uh, I would give it a 3.5. Xander's out of cage. Oh, wow. You're going, you're going there. All right. Xander cage, uh, uh, you know, Vin Diesel's character in the film. Would you trade, would you trade a Xander for a cage? Um, despite all my Xanders, I would not (laughs) trade him for a cage. Exactly. There you go. Speaking of, of trades, you know what, you know what sounds very unfair to me? What? What? Uh, Un- unfear to me. Fear? Un- uh, what sounds really unfair to me is our uh, next album, the yeah. trade of Tears for Fears. Yeah. Totally unfair. Unbalanced totally unfair. Trade. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, a weird trade. So this is one I picked because when I heard that Tears for Fears was putting out a new album and it was the two guys, they're mm-hmm. reuniting. Yep. I was like, I got really hyped for that. Yeah. I really like this band and like mm-hmm. I, I've liked um, a lot of their albums a lot. Yeah. And uh, I, when I heard they were re- reuniting and doing a new one, I, like, and I, I don't normally, I'm, I'm very jaded, Britt. Mm-hmm. I'm very like, I, I feel like I'm very uh, desensitized to this stuff, and I don't usually get like excited when I hear things like that. But like that, this is one piece of news that made me legitimately excited. 
And I was like, we got to talk about it, good or bad. I want to have that conversation because I like Tears for Fears a lot. So so this one is called The Tipping Point, uh, released by Tears for Fears on um, February 25th, 2022, Mm -hmm. uh, by Concord Records. And the whole album is produced by the band themselves, Tears for Fears. And I really liked it. I thought it was great. The album? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it's not perfect. There are not not every song hits for me, but mm-hmm. like, there are some really great pop songs on here. Um, I feel like they could have cut a couple, but there are some really good pop songs on here, and I I think that it makes it makes it fun. It's nice to hear those guys making music again. So this is an incredibly mediocre modern pop album. Sure, incredibly mediocre. There's two songs on here that sound like Tears for Fears. That's true, and those are the two best songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of their tracks are not very good. Some of them are not very good. Yes. Um, like, uh, track seven, please be happy is like a Broadway musical song. Out yeah. That's not very good. Um, master plan is pretty good. And uh, tipping point is pretty good. The, the first song that starts out the album, no small thing sounds like they're trying to have like a, a Beatles white album moment. It, it sounded to me more like, uh, like modern, I don't know, like that kind of modern stuff that kind of sounds like that. You know what sounded really modern is uh, track five, My Demons. Oh, Which yeah. was like a big chant, like that, that chanty oh, chorus yeah, I hate. Oh, yeah, the chant thing, yeah. And, and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, too, like the chant was like so, like, I did not understand what they said. Apparently, I looked up the lyrics and said, uh, <laughs> my demons don't get out that much. But I could have sworn I heard my penis don't get out that much. And the whole song, and I'm like, what is going on? And, uh, that's funny. Yeah. That, um, break the man is a modern pop song. Long, long time. is like a very modern sounding, very LA sounding pop song with like a female chorus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like this album. That's fair. Um, it was, it was all right. Uh, but a very unnecessary modern pop album in like, after Tears for Fears has dropped so many fucking bangers, like they have three amazing mm. albums in That's the eighties, in nineties, like, the, uh, the sowing the sowing the seeds of love. Oh yeah, yeah, that, was, that, that one. 90s? That's a good one. Yeah. I think it was nineties. I think it was ninety. Okay. Yeah, maybe? I, I, don't, I don't know if I've listened to that whole album, but but at least that that song's a banger. Um, yeah, that album's good. Uh, it, this is just not Tears for Fears, and uh, it it sounds like a modern Rick Astley album, except neither of them are nearly as good singers as Rick Astley. It's uh, it's. I give it a four out of ten. It's it's below average. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like uh, the the production's very good. I would say okay. So it's got two good songs. When out I, of eleven, when I say I felt great about it, what I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of the songs that I liked on it, and the songs that I liked on it, I liked quite a bit. Track two in particular, mm-hmm. really good song. Yeah, track track two was awesome because. After the first song, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, that's I don't not know. Tears for Fears." I don't like and then that I'm first like, song very much. Oh shit, this is Tears for Fears. And then every other song, basically on the album, I'm like, "This is not Tears for Fears," which mm. was really disappointing for me. It got because I was looking, I, mm. I was looking for that nostalgia run. Yeah, I didn't get it. It's not. It doesn't sound anything like. It doesn't even sound anything like the album they made 18 years ago. Uh, Everybody loves a happy ending. I haven't listened to that. It it doesn't sound anything like Tears for Fears at all. Not yeah, I mean, I, I I agree on that front. It didn't quite, uh, like I said, like I the I would say maybe half of the songs didn't hit for me, but the songs that did hit for me, I thought they were pretty good. They were fine. I, I agree with you though when you when you say like the the mediocre modern pop vibe because that is something that I did think about a lot when I was listening to it because I was like I could see in a lot of senses like what they were kind of going for or what like style they were going for, right? And I I feel like Which, they I feel like they mostly got there though. Like it's th- and, that's a know, problem though is they they were like oh well I mean listen to this modern music maybe we need to update what we're doing and so they tried to make modern music which is not what I want them see, for it didn't feel in earnest though to me and I think that that's where our differences lie mm. I feel like in in your in your perspective it didn't feel earnest to you and it didn't feel like genuine it to felt me, manufactured entirely. so I can totally understand that and I can totally understand this album being divisive for that that particular thing. Um, but it didn't, it didn't feel fake to me. Like I felt like they were genuinely trying and I, I liked that earnestness. I'll say this. Um, I do respect, well, no, I don't. They took a risk, but the risk they tried to take was Mm. sounding safe and modern. And I don't like that. 
Maybe that's what I feel like that's what they wanted to do. Though. Exactly. But I don't, that's exactly what I didn't want from this album. That's fair. And so for me, it was a disappointing Tears for Fears album. If it came out from like, I don't know, Sam Smith or something, I'd be like, okay, that, I mean, that makes sense, but it's a Tears for Fears album and it's a disappointment as a Tears for Fears album. So I'm going to give it below average. That's four fair. out of 10. That's fair. I'm going to give it three song or sorry, three chair uh, related album titles out of five. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I don't know how to use that to go on to the next album, but we, uh, we got nothing. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the next album is Sylvain's Nova, released on March fourth, twenty twenty two, by Seasons of Mist. It's um, a metal label. It is. It's uh, produced by Benoit Rue who produced Alcest's last two albums. That makes a lot right? of sense. That's not surprising. No, it is not. That's not surprising. So this no. is um, this is the third album by uh, Sylvain, uh, also known as Catherine Shepard. It is one woman who does everything except for the drums. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so it's seven tracks. She does the screaming? She does everything. Nice. Except for the drums. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this uh, this kicked my ass. This is basically like a Kralis album, but instead of guitar, it's centered around harmonized vocals. Harmonized female vocals that are like amazing Enya-level folk vocals. Sure. It's, this album was fantastic. Um, there's, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it uh, it starts off with like two panned women's voices harmonizing and a third one comes in there. And it's like five minutes long, but it's incredible. It's some like Lord of the Rings level elven sounding shit. <laughs> uh, and then out of nowhere, it just like breaks into like melodic black metal. Um, and it has this incredible sense of atmosphere because she just like layers multiple, multiple pristine vocal tracks on top of uh, each other. And See, it is... Like, incredible. I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, and I think it's pretty good. But to me, it it sounds really generic. I mean, there's so many bands that sound like this. Like, like, like who? Like, like Alcest and like they're, Less Discrets. Have you heard Less Discrets? Less Discrets is like a better version of this. Like, uh, like this is. I mean, this is good. I'm not saying it is bad. Like, for, it, it for is being, good. I, I for like being it. One person. So I have more respect for it, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that it is one yeah. person. That's yeah. that's not something that I knew, and that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Um. And that does make it more impressive because it did sound like a band to me when I was listening to it. So yeah. that does that is more impressive. But I still like it. It didn't. Nothing on this album sounded unique to me at all. It was it was all things I've heard before, mm. which is like I said, not bad. It is done very very well, and I did enjoy listening to it. And I will probably listen to it again. Mm -hmm. Um, but it it is really it is very like of that sound of like that Alcest, Les Discrets, Oathbreaker. Um, you know, like uh, uh Lantlos even, like all of those mm. bands that do that kind of a thing, you know, Heritoire, so, Heritoire, whatever, how do you say mm. that one? All those French bands, you know, yeah. it's like, it, they're very much part of that scene. It's, it's very much like that, but mm -hmm. it, it is good. Yeah. Also, you know, she's been doing this for like nine years too, you know, she like predates some of that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so, I mean, you might think not, it's derivative. Not Alcest, not, 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 not Alcest. But there's Discrets was around in like they put out a record in 2009. That's right. Really also, good. I, I will say though, like, I believe Alcest was might have been directly influenced by her. Possible. I mean, there, there's because all Amiosaurs, that's another band I, that sounds the, like that. There's two songs on here that do sound like Alcest songs, uh, like distinctly, like their mm -hmm. past couple albums, but. Like the stuff she was doing like eight years ago sounds more like Alcest does now than Alcest did eight years ago. I don't know. Eight, sense. eight years ago, they put up, well, actually, uh, nine years ago, they put out the second album in 2011. Mm -hmm. And that album sounds a lot like this sort of stuff, too. Kind of. But um, yeah. this was incredible. Uh, and basically, uh, the entire online criticism sphere agrees with me. I'm mm -hmm. giving this a straight 10 out of 10. This is the best thing I've heard since uh, Turnstiles Glow On. Wow. Incredible. That's high praise. That's nice. Um, especially like as a vocalist, hearing someone do something like this vocally is insane. 
like she's a better vocalist than any of the bands you name. Mm-hmm. By far. She's the thing she does with her voice, the layering she does, and the fact that like it's all definitely natural is insane. Yeah, it's really it's, it, I mean it she's, is really impressive. She, like, she's, she's straight really up, talented. She's yeah. straight up black metal Enya. <laughs> and that, that's cool. That is sick as fuck. Yeah. Um this is definitely gonna be on my this might be my album of the year. This is gonna be on my top nice. uh top top of the year list. And it's already on many other reviewers' top of the year list. What, uh, that's, that's ten nice, out of ten. Dude. What 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 do you give it? Uh, not not that. I, I no. mean, I'm I'm really glad that you liked it that much. though. that's no. awesome. I I love like when you find stuff that like really appeals to you, and it ends up like making you feel all sorts of a way, and like that's super yeah. cool. Like I haven't really found an album that's appealed to me quite that much this so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um. But I did really enjoy this album, and I like I said, I'll probably listen to it again. It's pretty good. Um. I would give it a 3.5 okay. uh, French black metal bands out of five. Interesting. All right, moving on. Moving on. Next up, we have Vain FM's This World is Going to Ruin You. Released on March 4th, 2022 uh, oh, by yeah. Closed Casket uh, Activities and Nuclear Blast Records. Hell yeah. So, Spencer, before we dive into this, yeah. you recommended a Deathcore album, Spencer. Is this Deathcore? It's either Deathcore or Metalcore, Spencer. Okay. It is 100% one of those two things. See, I don't know what those things are really anymore. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I was recommending... It's, it's, it's you, really weird because you had a very definitive idea. We, we discussed, like, uh, Deathcore, like, six months ago, and you told me... That no death metal heads respect deathcore or think death metal is like part of the genre at all. I th- I thought I was talking about metalcore, but I don't remember that. Yeah. No, anyways, I don't know anything about deathcore though. That's the thing. I've never listened to a deathcore band. Uh, that yeah, you I don't. Have. Re- You've listened to a lot of deathcore bands. Okay. Yeah. That being said, though, um, I think this album's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. It's um it's a deathcore album. Or a metalcore album. I mean, it has turntables on a song. It has turntables like, very briefly on one which song. Which is pretty fun. So, so uh, <laughs> to, to give you an idea of what this album sounds like, it was produced by Will Putney. Uh, this is the second album he's done for him. Um, he's the producer for Terror, Arms Way, okay. Norma Jean, Thy Art is Murder, mm-hmm. Fit for an Autopsy, Every Time I Die, and Body Count. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, that's pretty tight. I that's think. pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. He, he is almost entirely a deathcore and metalcore producer. Okay. That's what he's known for. And that's kind of what this album is. I, I would say it's definitely, at least musically, more on the side. No, the drummer is a death metal drummer. I can tell you that much. Like, yeah. I mean, I um, it's like, so it reminded me a lot of like the more chaotic, like math rock stuff, like car bomb. Like, it reminded me of that you, kind of stuff a lot. You know, and you like, know what it reminded me of a lot? I, I agree with the math rock thing, but it reminded me of, like, the the hard math stuff, like, botch. Sure. But, you know, like, or, pushed to, like, a like a really... Yeah, or, um, God, what was metal, that early... Metal, um, weird place. Early, early Dillinger. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. it reminds me a bit of, like, Dillinger Escape Plan. It mm-hmm. reminds me a bit of a lot of different bands. It reminds me a bit of, like, um, uh, like, even, like, bands like The Locust, I could see. Yeah, yeah, or, uh, fucking, um... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. It's the, like it's like I or um. Oh, what's that band? Um, I don't remember. Anyways, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff like those kind of bands. Like mm-hmm. they, they do have like very uh hardcore ish vocals. I yeah, was, I would I mean, say like a lot of the time a hardcore aesthetic in general. Yeah. Uh, however, like it's weird. The musicianship, excuse me, definitely elevates the album. Definitely. Like, um, it, it's really, like, weird. Actually, you know, you know like, what I'd call this? I actually wrote this down. Hmm. Uh, this might be, I said, well, we finally reached technical post-deathcore. Sure. Because, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of post-elements in, in it. They, they, yeah, like, they like, experiment. With there's sound. some, like, singing parts on it. Yeah. There's, so, like, so, but so, it's, like, really chaotic riffing it, it, with, like, really, like, down-tuned guitars right. and, like, at times, fast beats and are, like really fast double kicks. And, there are straight up metalcore sections. Like they do just do straight breakdowns. Uh, this, the clean singing you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. track four, Fear in Nonfiction, uh, features vocalist uh, Geoff Rickey from Thursday. Okay. 
Neat. So yeah, no, so, I don't know. So, I don't think I've ever listened to Thursday. So it does, but neat. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, like emo, mathy, uh, metalcore. I guess. Sure. You know, um, um, they're pretty fun. Yeah, I. So I listened to this band's previous album, which is not. Not as good. much like this. No, it's not very good. Honestly, I, I thought it was alright. Oh, are you talking the one where they went by Vane, not Vane? Yeah, Vane? yeah. It's it was back in like 2013 or 14. Yeah, it's, it's it's from a long time ago. Yeah, it is not nearly as polished as this. They definitely got their shit together. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, and it's a different kind of a vibe. It's yeah. more like grindy. It's grindy and also more and, hardcore. It's like yeah, I mean, like I listened to that one. I haven't listened to that in a long time, but I, I listened to that a long time ago and I liked it. Mm. And I heard the the singles from this album and I was like. This is really different, mm-hmm. and I like how it kind of sounds like Car Bomb now. So I was like, "Let's let's check it out." And so when it came out, I listened to it a few times, and I I <coughs> things that I like about it, I like the blasting, and I like the the like down tune riffs, mm-hmm. and I also really like the the turntables <laughs> during the like the new metal riff, like which is really that's that was fun. That's, it was it fun. literally happens for fifteen seconds at the end of song eight, and that's it. I know, but that's I'm saying I, that, that's what I liked about it. All I right, liked sure. that part. I thought it was cool, and I liked the singing by the Thursday guy. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I liked, I I liked that like part. I didn't like it at all. That, that was real bad. Um, I liked it. I thought it was so fun. I think the real strength of this, album's, uh, of this album is that it's not very long, and like every single song from one to ten is like less than three minutes long. Yeah. And then they have a four-minute song and a seven-minute song. And both those songs are actually pretty cool because they actually kind of have a good idea of what they're doing. Yeah. So, I yeah. don't know. And like uh the last two songs, like especially uh track eleven, Wavery, is is a deftone song. Yeah, it gets really deftones. Yeah, and it's it's not bad, but it, it is a deftone song. Like um, my, my criticisms of it would be I think that the latter songs get a little too dynamic really? for me. I, I actually, like I, I thought I they think were I like those ones the most. I, I thought they were good, but they were a little uh, there's a little too much like yeah. ambiance for me there fair. well um I, they didn't feel as tight as the previous songs and i, I liked the more fair. chaotic parts well, I'm, I'm not a fan of metalcore like you are so. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think i like metalcore well you you like this metalcore album when you recommended it Spencer. i don't think i would call this metalcore uh okay, maybe Spencer. deathcore but i don't know about metalcore uh but <laughs> okay look but i liked the chaotic nature of some of the earlier songs i liked the Willingness to play around with things like turntables and clean vocals. I think that that's fun. I think it, this album would be more fun if there were more turntables, though. Like, and that's my other, my main you, criticism you of it. You do realize, like, there are plenty of turntables and clean vocals in metalcore you can find. Yeah, I, I have not, I've not heard any modern bands with with turntables in them. I don't know about modern. Bands. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about modern bands. This is a modern album. This came out in March fourth, twenty twenty two. I think it's pretty cool. I would give it a uh, 3.5 turntable solos out of 5. Interesting. I'm going to give yeah. it a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, not great. It's, you know, if you like if you like metalcore, pretty good metalcore. I don't think this is metalcore, man. I think oh, you can call it deathcore at most. I mean, there's, uh, I don't know if you can call it, there's no gutturals at all in this album. So, I don't know. I mean, you're the one calling it a deathcore album. I, it's, I don't know it's, what it's to call it. It's deathcore and metalcore. I mean, it's eh. done entirely by a metalcore producer, and there's a lot of metalcore elements into it. Like, I would be interested to hear what they what they call themselves. So, so they yeah. do they do chug chug panacord, which is like the that and breakdowns are the essence of metalcore. Uh, I would say deathcore more than metalcore, but sure. Sure, but they, but there's a lot of bands that play with that that, as, don't, as, that I wouldn't as, categorize as you as admitted like ten minutes ago. You don't know anything about metalcore. All right, moving on. That's rude. Ilhan Irahin, Dave Harrington, and Kenny Wilson invite your eye. Released independently on March fourth, twenty twenty two. How did you find this album? Uh, it was an extreme pain in the ass to find a place to listen to it. Yes, it was it really was. hard to find. Yeah, I know. Uh, I ended up having to listen to it on fucking Bandcamp on iOS, and that mm. was a nightmare as it always is. And uh, other than that, it was a great album, but it was really hard to find, and it was really hard to find a place to listen to it. It is an incredible and that, album, and that unfortunately affected my listening experience of the album because I, I did really enjoy the album. And I do want to listen to it again because I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was such a pain in the ass to listen to that I was mad the whole time. <laughs> oh well, that, that, I'm sorry. It's you know, it's 
you got to find music. It's they they have control of their distribution channels, which I sure. I, I can uh, not respect anything more from an artist than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this they is do. a three person album, uh, entirely three people made the entire album pretty much. Uh, there was like two engineers involved, but um, it is uh, the three people named on the cover: uh, Ilhan uh, Ursahin, who is a saxophone player, mm-hmm. uh, piano player. Uh, Juno 106 player on this album. Uh, Dave Harrington, who you might know is uh, half of the electronical music duo Darkside. Darkside? Darkside. I'm not familiar with that. They've released like two huge electronic albums in like the last 10 years. Huh, Um, never heard of them. But he's uh, he's the guitarist. He also plays electronics, bass, organ, Moog synthesizer, Mellotron, congas, percussion, and sampler Mm -hmm. on this album. Uh, and then we have uh, Kenny Wollison, who plays drums, percussion, and vibraphone. Um, Love a vibraphone. Yeah. Uh, this is all produced and mixed entirely by Dave Harrington, uh, who is the guitarist and uh, whatever else player. Um, yeah. This is a... This one... Was this the one you were talking about that was almost 50 minutes? Because this is almost 50 minutes. Is it really? It doesn't yeah. seem shorter than that. I mean, um, it's, it's, a, it's an exploratory jazz album, so you kind of get mm-hmm. lost in it, like... There's there's more to hold on to there than like the Blood Incantation album. Like there's stuff going on. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's way more interesting. It's got like a fusiony kind of acid jazz sort of feel at times. At, at times. times. Um, um. So yeah, the fucking album kills, dude. Like it's diverse. It's incredibly dynamic. I mean, it's a it's a classic jazz album recorded today. However, like what they're doing is super exploratory. They play a fuck ton with sampling, uh, mm-hmm. with synths. Like, it's a fucking killer album, like, all the yeah. way through. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of it. I'd like to listen to it again. It's really good. I wish they would put it on a fucking reasonable platform. Maybe, maybe you should, if you yeah. like it, buy it, Spencer. I mean, like, yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, like, it, I do think it's a, a really cool record, and, like, I, I did really enjoy it. Um, I, yeah, it, I think it's really cool. Like yeah. it, it's got like a, it's got a smoky feel to it. Like I listen to it, I'm like, this makes me think of cigarettes. Yeah, this at times. A, at times. Um, this is a this it, is a jazzy. It's really like diverse in everything though. Like so, some some songs are kind of more like classic jazz. You know, it's just like, you know, drums, some guitar, and the guitarist plays some keyboards and like a, a sax, like soloing or just soaring over it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the saxes are used like harmonized and just like panned, kind of in the back to the right mm-hmm. and left. Like this does a lot of cool ass shit with mixing with like production production wise. It's one of the coolest jazz three piece albums I've ever heard straight up. Like yeah. it, it, it does fucking cool shit. Um, it's got melancholy stuff, like really upbeat stuff. Uh, track six, what all the books say like is an atmospheric song with electric piano. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of it. And it kind of sounds like, it's on the Blade Runner soundtrack. Um, it's six shot. Like, uh, and then the track, what is it? Uh, track three, even as you smile, is got to be one of the best jazz songs I've heard in like a long time. Like, that's a, that's a sick track. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones that could like become a jazz standard. It's like beautiful. The melody is like catchy. Um, it was a killer album. It's like crazy good release, unique. Showcases three dudes that uh, just think about music super differently. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm never gonna remember like the the names of the dudes that released it. It's just like I tried really hard to remember it. It was hard. I maybe I'll remember it uh, going forward. But yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a cool record. It it's got a a very nice vibe to it. Um, so it's one of those albums that I would like to listen to in the morning while I drink coffee. It's got like a. I don't know. It's like a smoky, almost sleepy kind of feel, but then it kind of takes you through a journey of stuff. Definitely a journey. It's it's nice. Um, Definitely a journey. I I really liked it. I give this one a solid eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I would say I'm uh I'm right there. I'm almost right there with you. I would give this one uh four cigarettes and coffee out of ten. Did you say four? Yeah, out of five. You said four out of five. 
Yeah. Well, four brings oh. us to our next album. Oh, you're right. That's correct. Uh, this is our. Uh, this Come on, is, Spencer, this is get our, with it. Yeah, no, I'm getting with it. Uh, well, like, how is, many times do I have to say four? <laughs> um, well, this is our. It's time for our last album. It's our bonus. Bo 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 bonus. Um, and that's a uh, slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Four. Foreskin. Foreskin. Released on February 11th, 2022. Now, we wanted to talk about this last month, yeah. but we also didn't want to talk about this last month. We also didn't ever want to talk about I don't, this. I did never, I never yeah. wanted to listen to this. You know what? We, you know how brave we are, Spencer? What's that? Uh, nothing lasts forever. Our sister podcast, uh, mm-hmm. the, the only um, uh, November Rain podcast, absolutely refuses to listen to new Slash music because, in their words... It's so bad. <laughs> and you know uh, what? We're not even on a Guns N' Radio. No. Guns N' this isn't, Roses This isn't podcast. a Guns N' Roses podcast. And we are willing to go there. Yeah. For I, you. I took For us here. For you, yeah. the listener. It's, um... Yeah, so this album's fine. I don't know. It's oh, like... Oh, it's oh, grocery uh, store rock. So, before we get to this... Uh, just this. This fact. This okay. is the first album to uh-huh. be released on... Gibson oh, yeah. Records, <laughs> the record label run by Gibson, who, the guitar company, the guitar company who sponsors Slash. Yes, correct. And 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 to commemorate the release of this album, Gibson created 100 Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators for guitars. A hundred of them? A hundred of them. We got to find one. Do we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this one was uh, produced by a guy named, excuse me, Dave Cobb, who's mostly known for uh, country stuff. Okay. He's uh, Brandy Carlisle's producer. Hometown I've never hero heard. Here. Mm. You've never heard of Brandy Carlisle? She's from oh. Enumclaw. She's great. She's amazing. Okay. Uh, Zach Brown Band, uh, uh-huh. Oak Ridge Boys, Chris Isaac. Oh, we, lo- we love Chris Isaac. Um, big, big Jason fan. Isbell, who I just saw. Wonderful. Uh, Shooter Jennings. And he was also the co-producer on... Beck's song reader. Okay. Bring that back from wow. that album earlier. Wait, which album earlier? Uh, that was the, uh, I think the Xander Schloss. Yeah, Xander Schloss. Okay. Yeah. So some, some connection here. Some connections. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, this, uh, this Slash album is a rock. Al- Miles Kennedy, it should be noted. I didn't know who that guy was. I had to look him up. Um, he's the vocalist and guitarist. Oh, no, for we've, we've mentioned him Bridge. before. We have? Yeah. All right. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, he, he's an Alter Bridge, but he was also at the end of uh, the movie Rockstar from two thousand one. Correct. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Somebody that he met during filming Rockstar is how he ended up in this band or in Alter Bridge. That's yes. how Alter Bridge started. Yeah. Because yeah. he met somebody yeah. working on Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I don't think I've ever listened to Alter Bridge. I know I've probably heard one of their songs. Mark Tremonti, other... dude. I know. I know. From, Mark Tremonti slays, bro. From uh, well, he slays in the name of Christ. Yeah. Um, Miles Kennedy, it should be noted, considers himself an agnostic. He's not religious. Okay, thanks. For, yeah, well, thanks I was curious because he was in a band with Mark Tremonti, so I was like, is he a Christian? All right. Apparently not. So, I mean, that's like, cool. Bumblefoot is in a band with Scott Stapp, mm-hmm. and we know all he worships is feet. That's true. That's he, true. He, he's a he's a foot man. He, he prays at the altar of wikifeet.com. Yeah, he does. He's a, he's a, he probably contributes money to no, their ongoing efforts. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um well, anyways, we listened to this. This album was fucking long. It was so long. I, it wasn't that long. I think it was like 42 minutes or something, yeah, it was, but it was it, the same length as all felt, the other albums. This album, okay, so to, get, to put this in perspective, the previous album we listened to, the Ilhan Isahin album, uh, that album felt like the shortest album because I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. This album felt like the longest album, and not because it's like terrible music. It's just because it was just fucking boring. It's so mediocre. So, it is so like it's so fine. Like it's so it's you know, upsettingly you know what, fine. You know what this is absolutely indistinguishable from? Uh, that fucking Duff McKagan song we had to listen yes. to a couple weeks ago. Or, it's uh, that. It, or, what better it, produced? But it's that. Yeah. It, yeah. It sounds like the demo tapes for fucking Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Like Slash, I am convinced, can only write four or five songs. Like, I'm 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 curious as to how much of this he even wrote. 
I, I bet, I bet I it's like, mostly the other the guy. The first song sounds almost exactly like Slither from Velvet Revolver. <laughs> and like, like so, and who, then, says, who says Slash wrote Slither? True, true. <laughs> and then um, uh, April Fool, track eight, sounds exactly like Paradise City. Track five, Actions Speak Louder Than Words, is Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they, Slash really can is, only yeah. write five songs, yeah. and there's ten songs on the album, so he wrote each song twice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other guy just wrote the other songs. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, because like Saul Hudson, which is his real name, um, mm-hmm. he he's credited as is the main writer on all of these songs. Uh, he he. Well, him and Miles Kennedy are credited. Yeah, as the main I was going to say, but song. yeah, well, no, uh, he's uh, he's credited with all the music. Miles Kennedy is re- uh, credited with all the lyrics. Oh, so interesting. Um, yeah. So okay, all right. So I don't know. It maybe says it, maybe it's him? it says Slash wrote it all. Okay. I mean, you gotta just bot shit off people. People do that, you know. You can buy ghost written songs, that put your name on it. Slash wrote them all. Um, yeah, this uh, this it sounds like the fucking grocery store. It sounds like the 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 sporting goods section of a of a Fred Meyer. It sounds like uh, the sort of shit that they play on ads before movies and movie theaters. You know, it sounds like fucking. Know, this is what happens when you get caught in a slash a snake pit. <laughs> That's... Yeah, um, it, if you, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's basically what happens. Uh, yeah, this is, I don't know, I I don't know, man. Like this shit is boring. It's so fine. It's like it's the fucking hard rock cafe of of albums. Is it? Even, it's I mean, this the is fucking, this is a planet Hollywood of albums. Uh, this, this is Guitar Center. This yeah. is this sort of. Dumbass guitar center bullshit. It's so produced. Like Miles Kennedy, I will say, is a he's, he's a, a pretty good vocalist. He's a very good vocalist, like, but everything he does is so boring. It's so safe. And either Chris Cornell or Axl Rose, and I'm like, oh, so he's just trying to be Slash's two vocalists, or maybe that's what Slash pays him for. Maybe Slash is like, hey, I need you to be my two vocalists from before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. he's he's very safe. He is a good vocalist, though. I think that his vocals are probably the best part of they this are. album. Easily. Like, Easily. I mean, besides like, the and he's, like, and like, he's a pretty solid, like, songwriter as well. Like, the, the songs the songs are not great, but they're not cringy for the most part. That's true. They like, are not which, 100% cringy. And, and, like, I would say even, like, a lot of the Duff McKagan shit right. is cringy. And, and you, like, you, know, you, know, you know if Slash wrote the lyrics, they would be straight be, cringe. Oh, my God. And, like, so... Respect for respect where respect is due. I feel like he does a perfectly fine job, like taking this like very incredibly mediocre guitar rock and then doing vocals over it that are simultaneously fine and not cringy. You know, like that takes some level of talent. I I actually don't think we can consider this guitar rock. It's a little more specific than that. This is Gibson rock, Spencer. <laughs> Play authentic. Yeah, come on, man. Like, uh, this is. This album has the shittiest headstock you will ever buy. It's going to break off like mm-hmm. a month after you get it. 100%. Yeah. Um, so although this is fine and fine, it is it has no value at all. It adds yeah. nothing to society you know by what? existing. You know what? I'm going to give it less than a slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators 4. I'm going to give it a slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators 3. Out of a 10? Slash 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it one Velvet Revolver out of five. Wow. That's, um, yeah. I mean, so like, here's the thing. I, I To defend that score, like, I don't think that it's bad, I, but I think that it brings nothing to anyone. No. It is, it is completely, it is music that is made by people who are paid to make it. Yes. It's, it is music made by professionals. Who were paid to make an album, and yeah. they made an album, and it is perfectly fine. Get, but I, it adds know, nothing I don't to think, no one. I don't think Gibson cares about making money on this album. I think they just want to say that they, Slash they made a Slash album. album. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. Yeah. And they paid all these guys, I'm sure, very well. Oh, very and, well. And they they clearly took their time with it mm-hmm. and made something that they do they they hold to a some degree of yeah. quality. Mm-hmm. But it, they it, recorded it is, the entire thing in Nashville, so. I mean, they they paid to take everyone yeah. from. LA I mean, and it or, sounds yeah. good. Like yeah, it, it sounds, it's well produced. Uh-huh. Like it's it's uh it's fine. It fills the space. It's well mixed. Like, yeah, it's just not. It is completely vapid and pointless music. Yeah. There is there's just sorry. 
I, I I would say Miles Kennedy, VIP of the experience though. Like he's the best one here. Everyone he, else he is should, serviceable. Like he should all do. He doing should their job. Do better fine. stuff. They should, should all do better stuff can, than this. Can he do better stuff though? I think so. I mean, if Slash mm. is writing the music, then clearly, like if he was writing the music, it would presumably be maybe he's, better. He's a vocalist, Spencer. But he's a guitar player. He's he played, plays. Does he play guitar on this? No, but he plays guitar on every Altered Bridge album except for the first oh. one. Spencer, he's the second best guitarist between him and Mark Tremonti. How good do you think he is? I don't know. People think Tremont, Mark Tremonti is really good, but I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I definitely not their music. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was uh, that was March in music. What uh, what would you put on uh, top of your pile this month? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, like, honestly, it was a really uneven month. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't love everything here. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick something, like, I, I guess I have to pick it by, like, my likelihood to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. And the album I, I think I'm most likely to listen to again, and the one that intrigued me the most is probably, uh, the, uh, the Ilhan Isahin album. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it called again? Open uh, Your Eye? Um, uh, uh, expose Your Eye. Invite Your Eye. Invite Your Eye. There we go. Expose Your Penis. <laughs> yeah, that that Il, 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 Isahim, uh, uh, Arahin, uh Dave Harrington, and Kenny Wollison. <laughs> expose, expose Your, your penis. penis. <laughs> That's my album of the month. Um, Whoop. Me obviously, Sylvain's Nova just wrecked me. That rocks. If you if you like, I mean, if you like Enya and Alcest, this album is absolutely for you. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it brings honestly, what it is is, I like Alcest a good bit, but for me, there's something maybe missing, and this fills that void to to where like it it sounds so cool. It's just something different. Recommend it. Tight. Go ahead and do it. We've got another podcast coming up. We'll be back in a bit. Uh, suck a fucking di- Oh, no. I didn't get to say it on the... Well, I'm going to say it on here. Suck a fucking dick. Eat some ass. Eat some butts. <laughs>